Fear not. Save Christmas. The Jedi will. Yeah. Yeah. Guy. What's wrong with Judge Dredd? Nah. Why? I wasn't crazy about Judge Dredd to begin with. So, the movie, oh, yeah. the first movie? No, we're talking about the comic. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. What second movie? Welcome, folks. It is Geek Shock number 77. I am Master Torgo. I am Dr. Vlarg. Commander K. And Deb. Yeah, we're going to talk geek here, but first, hey... Let's talk True Geek. What'd you do this week? It was geeky. I ran you guys through Undermountain. Yeah, what we're still want? in Undermountain. That's enough. Of okay. Those of you out there, do you care? Do you care that we're going through Undermountain still? Does that, <laughs> does that really float your boat? Well, it's mine because I get to make rooms. All it's right. crazy. You I know what? All these... I think what? the people out there have gotten the given that we play Dungeons and Dragons yes. this week. What? We don't, we don't no. recap our game every week. Not for them. a secret in any way. But what kills me is I make all these rooms and then you guys use maybe like two of them. Well, yeah. Because we're allowed to go wherever we want. Yeah, that's got to change. No. <laughs> I, got, I got to take choice away from you. Better safe than sorry. You make not enough rooms, and we will do six or seven in an evening. <laughs> I know. Pass you up. It never fails. Well, I told him, I'm like, he could just take the rooms he's prepared from other areas and just move them over, but he doesn't want to in case we go oh, back. Oh, that terrible pride. <laughs> no adventure survives contact with the player characters. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. One day, you'll go in there, and I'll be ready. <laughs> There's nothing, one day, one nothing day. you can't surprise me with. Oh, I finally finished Fable 3. Oh, brilliant. Yay! I got the achievement that I didn't die at once the entire game. I did too. I got that achievement well. Barry, did you get that achievement? Nope. Fuck the both of you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But I did make a whorehouse where you made an orphanage. Yes, I did make an orphanage. I got my priorities. Mm-hmm. Aside from right. aside from the every week D and D campaign, did you do anything <laughs> geeky, my friends? I bought Pinball Effects two new four new tables. I recommend them to everybody. They're great. They are fantastic. By all means, please visit UglyCouchShow.com and you can see what our uh, gamer tags are on Xbox Live. Friend us and buy Pinball Effects two. So that oh, I can we will boost so challenge you. Score. Challenge you back. Because right now. Uh, a, new, a new gamer tag, a friend, Thor, Al, I can't remember the last name. You're awesome. Just want to throw it out there because I know you're listening. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, I, uh, guy sent me a, a, a Torgo reference that was oh, really? off the, nice. the, 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 the hands of fate, done this his hand all in a thermalized view. And if you're a fan of Menos Hands of Fate, which is what my name comes from, oh, it's so brilliant. Thor, you're awesome. Just <laughs> it's all you. <clears throat> but no, I would beat uh, your score, and then you'd beat mine. Right. Now I have to go back and beat some of your scores, and, and I have a to nice continue to beat your score. You're right; it's gone to the part of the session, which is horrible and wonderful at the same time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I come home every day. And he's like, "Damn it, he's beating my score again." I'm like <laughs> that's that's okay. what that's what I would live to hear. I'm going to put. <laughs> I would say I'd put a recorder in your home so I could hear it, but I don't want to hear any of the other shit that goes on in the house <laughs> at all. You don't want to hear the monkeys no. and the goats? <laughs> no. And the children screaming? No. no. Okay, great. <laughs> wow. Well, I did something a little geeky. Uh, no. My girl introduced me for the first time. Uh, Blade Runner. Ah. I'd never seen it before. What? Yeah. Wow, have you not seen Blade Runner? He tried to show it to me and I fell asleep. You fell asleep? I did. It's a little slow. It, it is. Tear up your nerd card. But man, uh-huh. it's it, it doesn't lead you by the hand at all. I like that. It's a... Uh, 
you know, movie, movies nowadays, it tells you what's going on, then it tells you again, it tells you a third time just to make sure oh, you got it. Obviously, you saw the cut without the voiceover narration. Oh, yes, it is. I saw the final <laughs> yeah. cut. Well, well done. Nice. Well done. <laughs> nice. I love it. You're talking about that. and it, That's funny. Yeah. yeah. So I assume the narration version is just over give you too much um well it's it's, no, it's i like it, it. it was it was uh, the war uh is that the one you I, should i forget be? who yeah. uh who, who the exact studio execs were like boy people are going to be so confused with this they're not going to know what the hell's going on and they brought in uh, harrison ford and he it was like a film noir narration he did it like a you know a marlowe I thought it was you know, perfect narration, yeah. so it actually suited the mood of it. Okay. Maybe we um, should try and watch it. And it's I, it's interesting to hear this from you because having I first saw it with the narration, okay. I love it without. But I'm interested in what people think of it without the narration. Actually, of course, you're a little smarter than the average film goer, so. It, Got to account for that bias. Well, it forced you to pay attention as to what was going on to try to figure out the subtlety. Why is he hammering a nail through his hand? Oh, because he's, he's, his time's coming. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's right. It and doesn't just completely yeah, lay well, it all out for you. What a beautiful, beautiful world they created. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. world, but man, you thought the movie was slow. <laughs> Why would you got the the without the narration? It just makes it a little slower. Yeah, but it's still a great, great movie regardless. Yep. So that, that's what I. That's my that's big geek nice out. and geeky. Yeah. Good. What'd you do? I finished my uh, four disc collection of Thundar the Barbarian. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right it's, it's available on the Warner Brothers online store. Um, they they finally put it out there, and uh, a friend of mine let me know, and I got it, and it came in, and while I was decorating the tree and doing all sorts of stuff around the house, I just had it running. Nice. And that was pretty cool. No frills discs, just really the no, episodes. No, I was going to ask if it had any special no, features. No, nothing at all. It's a, it, funny, though, because that got me then to jump online and re- research stuff um, just on Alex Toth, because um, he did the ca- main character design. Okay. And then Jack Kirby did all the secondary characters, the monster designs, all the right. spaceships, the various villains. And when you look at it, you're like, oh, my God, yeah, that villain is totally kirby I didn't even realize Kirby was involved in that project. Yep, yeah, he was. So that was, uh, and it was cool watching for that and looking for that. So I, mean, I, I sit there and I watch it and I'm like, man, they could really kick ass if they made this a movie, but they got to figure a way around the Sun Sword and Ookla because <laughs> those are so Come obviously. On, well, no, it's just that it's such an obvious Star Wars reference right. that you really will have to put some work into differentiating. But it would be a hell of a it'd be a hell of a movie. I didn't but, get that at all, <laughs> <laughs> at all from Thunder of the Barbarian. Yeah, a cynic. I remember uh, loving it growing up, though. I watched the hell out oh, of that it's, cartoon. It's a, it's a whole lot of fun, and the concept is just cool. I mean, you know, the, the whole post-apocalyptic, yeah. and I just love I love that kind of element of post-apocalyptic. So very super heroic and kind of wacky crazy. Yeah, <laughs> wacky crazy is right. So, and a friend of mine loaned me his. Uh, his VHS collection that he'd made over the years of the Herculoids. So oh, wow. I was watching. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen that one. The, that's that's the one. That's one of those uh, '60s Saturday morning cartoon things where they actually would flash out like a 10 or 15 minute episode. Okay. So it would be Herculoids with oh, I forget who they were paired up with, but it was like Birdman and Galaxy Trio and Space Ghost and Dino Boy and All right. and so on and so forth. So. You get like ten or fifteen minute uh, episodes, so you get two or three episodes per half hour of the of the right. show. 
So Herculoids, it was just... Herculoids Variety Hour. Kind of like yeah. how Robot Chicken does theirs. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So so in that half-hour block, you would get two or three shows. And so I was just running 15-minute episode after 15-minute episode. Yeah. So. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what I did. What'd you do? I didn't play Tron Evolution. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Which is which I still don't fathom because you're waiting for the movie to come out, but nah, this is a this is a well, he the official official prequel to the movie. He didn't have it until Friday. Well, that's no excuse. Normally you'd be like, Oh my god, I wanna play this move I wanna play this movie game, but I don't want to ruin the movie at all. No, I we've been be... listening to the soundtrack though. But you yes. can't ruin the movie because it's Yes, not... you can. There are characters in the game that are in the movie. I want to be exposed to these characters first on screen. And then and you don't want to find out that it's a it's a shitty game and you don't care about the movie. I anymore. certainly don't want to find that out. <laughs> I'm afraid of that. <laughs> yes. But I'm gonna love it regardless because it's Tron. That's yep. true. If they made a Tron toilet seat you bet your ass you'd be shitting into a computer. <laughs> I, I like that disc you bought, I have to admit. It's a fine that. disc. Yeah, that's mine. That's your disc? That's mine. I like the disc you bought. Thank it's you. awesome. Thank you. And I bought like Tron ears, and I got to wear them for five minutes in Disneyland it before was raining. it rained. Oh, it started boo. raining. Yeah. Wait, and then they shorted out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't want them to. You know, they're a collector and, edition. They only made a thousand. So I told them, like, no, you're taking them off. Uh-uh. Those aren't getting ruined. <laughs> I, and they only made a thousand because one of those is actually contains the world of Tron in its circuitry. So there you go. I wish they would make like really expensive years that had all the little EL wire and stuff. That'd be neat. That would be amazing. That would be awesome. That's what I thought when you said what the, the Mickey Mouse ear Tron ears. That's why I that's envisioned. What I yeah, that's what I thought too. Not like, these oh. little flashy LED. Who cares? The Tron flashes. ears. I'll take them. What you got to hold it under an ultraviolet <laughs> light for no. this thing. <laughs> They also made um, um, Nightmare Before Christmas ones that actually I think are awesome because yeah? in the actual mm. hat, mm-hmm. it has like the LED lights in the hat part of it that kind of take their turns lighting on and off and stuff. It looks really You know cool. what? That's they're pretty. not Tron ears. No, they're not Tron. <laughs> they're not no. Tron ears. So who cares? And speaking of who cares, news you don't give a shit about. Let's hey, go into it. All right. Comic-Con is where we start. Oh. What? Yeah. How do you like mm-hmm. this? A Comic-Con made this... This part of the list in today. December, yeah, uh, San Diego Comic Con once again going to attempt to sell badges for their 2011 event. Uh, yeah. You know they've been having some problems uh-huh, all throughout twice, the last month. Yes. Yep. Uh, the new plan is a test run to sell a thousand four day badges at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time Wednesday, December 15th. That's so, tomorrow. Yeah. So tomorrow when this recording, so when you're hearing this, if you're getting it quick, <laughs> here's your chance. Because this will be up before that time hits. But they realize that's gonna it's gonna be jack and shit because it's gonna a thousand badges oh, oh. as a test. You're gonna have hundreds of thousand people trying to log on to that buy those thousand badges. badges. Oh, just you wait. We're, we're you, the, the crash and burn hadn't happened yet. Okay, the reason for the craziness this year because Comic Con made such a big deal that four day badges with preview night were sold out a full year in advance. Attendees of the 2010 Comic-Con scooped all those up, and Comic-Con publicized it as a way to show how much they'd grown, which they did. But it did, it made everyone who hadn't purchased the badge nervous, because now they couldn't get into preview night, and that's the best time to get the exclusives. So, Well, and it's also good to do your shopping then, because then you right. know, like, for shirts, that's when I got my shirts, because then I know I'm going to get the size I want. Because if I wait until Saturday... Exactly. And this is all the ways that people are having. Yeah. That, this, these are all gone. I didn't get my Tron figure, so... Well, so, that's because you got lazy and got out of line. Hey, baby, baby. So, everybody, <laughs> so last month, everybody freaked out twice and crashed their server system, basically. Right. Trying yeah. to get these... Right. So, so here, 
Here are the easy-to-follow instructions for Wednesday. All right, just so everyone's clear, this is how you get your four-day badges. On December 15th, 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 1,004-day Comic-Con badges will be available by checking www.comic-con.org for a Ticket Leap registration link. Each four-day badge will cost $105 for adults, $52 for juniors slash seniors, and will require a dollar non-refundable deposit and a $2 non-refundable service charge per badge paid directly to TicketLeap. You will only pay the deposit and service charge at TicketLeap when you make your initial badge request. You will pay for your full Comic-Con four-day badge separately on the Epic Registration website. What? For this test, an individual may request up to two badges only. If you request two badges, you'll be charged a total of $6, a $2 deposit, and a service charge of $4 that will be paid directly to Ticket Leap at the time of request. If you are among the first thousand people to request a badge, Ticket Leap will send you a confirmation email that will confirm the number of badges you are able to purchase. If the badges are sold out when you make the request, you will not be charged anything for participating in this test. If you receive a confirmation from Ticket Leap but decide not to purchase the badge from Epic, your dollar deposit and $2 service charge is still non-refundable. Now, okay. after you receive your Ticket Leap confirmation, Epic will send you one email for each badge confirmed by Ticket Leap. Be sure to add registration at epicreg.com to your email contacts to make sure your registration email won't go to the spam folder. Check your spam folder if you do not receive the, uh, the email. The Epic email will contain one unique login code and additional instructions on how to pay for your badges. Oh, my God. You are not registered at this time. You must log into Epic and pay for your badges after you receive the email. You will have 24 hours only from the time you receive the email code from Epic to log into the Epic site and purchase your badges. This is ridiculous. Because this is a test, you are limited to two four-day badges without preview night only. But based on results of the test, we may set a different limit for future sales. Why? Okay, Ex- explain this to me, Lucy. I can't. I can't why, explain it at all. Why is it that they're sending you to Ticket Leap to pay $3 so that you can go to Epic <laughs> okay, to pay the rest? Why don't you just send you to, here's what I don't get. spend all the money at Ticket Leap? Here's what I don't get. Concerts. Right. Big example of this. For years, I've used online Ticketmaster, and there's a couple other services, I think, for like... I don't know, somewhere around 60,000, 70,000 seats. Right, right. They can sell out in five minutes and the system doesn't crash. It doesn't, you know, have problems. Why are they, they did it twice and now they have to do this test run to make sure it's not going to crash again when we all know it's going to crash again because you're going to have all these people trying Why to do it. Why don't they use a major ticketing outlet like Ticketmaster? My guess is the service charge aspect. Yeah, probably. Because, because it, what, they charge 15 bucks per ticket for Ticketmaster? Is that so, what the... I, I don't know exactly, but they're stupid. Yeah. There's a reason There's that a... 15... You know what that $15 goes to? Infrastructure! Yeah. So that the shit doesn't crash. Oh, listen <laughs> to you getting goes. all corporate... Uh, I think I think it's quite simply that Comic Con doesn't want me to go to Comic Con. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I have some friends actually that have said that they're like, "Well, at this point, I'm just annoyed." Cause... Well, you know what? They're big enough now that they can afford for people not to come. I know because someone else other, will. Other people want to come. Yeah. They're, they're that capped big. at 125,000. So th- until what, they do something they do? with the well, I was wondering about that because now that they've redone. The contract for San Diego, so they're going to be mm-hmm. in San Diego now for a few more years. For, and yeah. they've... 2016 at least. Right. We, she says. Excuse 
She says we, like sports fans, say, said, oh, hey. my team won. I said they. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you said we. I said they. Anyway. I you said we. <laughs> People are rewinding it now to uh-huh. find out. <laughs> anyway. Um, they, they're doing new contracts with some of the surrounding hotels for, right. you know, using the conference rooms for more. So is that going to allow them to increase the number of attendees? That's, I uh, don't know. It has nothing to do with the hotel rooms. It has to I know do, it has with, to the do with the convention space center itself. So the fire marshal doesn't yell at them. Right. And the problem is there's just... Well, except they what could was do. That? I don't think they heard that. It's it's not enough. Oh, okay. Well, here's one thing. There is a there is kind of a way around that. I mean, like what they do at Disneyland. When I've you know I've worked at Disneyland before when it's reached capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, what is capacity for Disneyland? God, I don't even remember. Um, a lot. It's a lot. It's over a hundred thousand people. Okay. Um, I couldn't imagine being there on that. They should have oh, I've been there Disneyland. Okay. Yeah. Side note, very quickly, when um, the electrical parade. Said it was leaving and it was never going to be back again. This was mm-hmm. like 1998, 1999, I think. I went there. I had I had a pass at the time. So maybe it was 98. Yeah, it was 98. I was in high school. Um, they had to open all of the backstage walking areas for the actual um, public to walk through. Because Seriously? there were so many people, you could <laughs> not fit them all on Main Street. Wow. So you had all of the backstage areas open, all behind Main Street. You had the one between Fantasyland and Main Street. Op- I mean, it was ridiculous. And it was crazy. All for these people. a parade. Well, it's because the park, it wasn't just for the parade. It was the whole attendance for that day because so many people had shown up to see its final, you know. Yeah, it was crazy. It was absolutely ridiculous. I never even liked that parade. And then they just moved it across the way. Yeah, to DCA. <laughs> anyway, um, but no, they could... Technically, you know, we've reached capacity. We can't let anybody else in until people leave. And then they mm-hmm. just hold people at the doors until a certain amount of people have left. And then they oh, can let more people in. Would you in. like to be one of those people? Oh, I fun. Think, I think I have memories of experiencing that in or- Orlando, I think, as a kid. Mm-hmm. I think I remember something about <clears throat> there was literally you were waiting. You were waiting online and they were like, they were getting uh, communications from the exits, and then they would yeah. let in X number. I actually have a memory of that. Wow. Yeah, a dim memory before. of that as a kid. So that is a way that they could increase the amount of people. But then you're going to have so many headaches of people. Oh, yeah. You know, why wasn't able you to You don't like it, go to the Marriott. <laughs> they're, they're doing, a, they're doing their, their presentation on women in image comics. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> the guild the guild had there and actually there was a bunch on saturday this past year that i wanted to see that were all in one of the hotels across the way they weren't even in i'm the glad they're doing center. that because man they need yeah they need to relieve that congestion somehow yes, that's a great way to do it david glasner if you're listening man call me i want to know why <laughs> i want to know why you're doing a test that sends people to one site to go to another site what the f i don't get it i'll sell tickets there you go. Yeah. I'll host it on your server. Yeah. First <laughs> light service fee. Yes. News you don't give a shit about. Six years. Grand Theft Auto, San Andreas, and Rockstar are still getting into legal trouble over the game. Seriously? Yes. For what? Oh, hold on to yourselves. Oh, God. Cypress Hill backup singer Michael Shag Washington is suing Rockstar, claiming they used him as the inspiration for the main character, Carl C.J. Johnson, without consent. What? (laughs) Get the fuck out of here! As IGN reports, 
The complaint was filed in Los Angeles Superior Court and claims that Washington met with Rockstar in 2003 to talk about his early life and involvement with gangs. Quote, the plaintiff who had led a troubled life in his youth responded to their questions and related details of his life. The complaint reads... The plaintiff told them about details of his street life, including how the teenagers in his gang rode around on bicycles. After almost two hours of questioning, which covered many topics of gang and street life, the meeting ended and the plaintiff was allowed to leave, unquote. Rockstar allegedly told Washington they would give him notice if they planned to use any of his life stories inspiration for the game, but the complaint says they never contacted him again. Washington is now seeking 25% of San Andreas' total profits. Oh... Which works out to around $250 million for fraud, misappropriation wow. of likeness, and infringement. In a statement to IGN, Rockstar parent company Take-Two said, The company believes the lawsuit is completely without merit and will vigorously defend itself in the matter. That's going nowhere. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, because how would you even prove? Yeah, that's yeah. me. That's totally me. Okay, yeah. that could be anyone's thug life childhood. Hey, hey, hey that, that game had bikes in it, and we used to ride around bikes in my neighborhood. I used to run around bikes. I'm suing Rockstar for $250 million. <laughs> We sat for two hours about my life. Actually, I'll just sue him just to be in the next game. There you go. I'll they made this game that. that takes 40 hours based on my two hours of what I told him. <laughs> Bullshit. Wow, he sounds Italian. He does. He's, he's, and he's, he's not at all. Yeah. Which is, I wasn't even which is crazy weird that he about sounds San like that. Mm. You know what's I wasn't even crazy about that. I don't San think Andreas. I've ever seen that one. I've only seen... Ah, I it's because I don't play it. Vice City, I've seen that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's awesome. San yeah. Andreas was a pain in the ass a lot of the time. I never even got to the Vegas area. Seriously. I just did not finish that you, game. You're just not in touch with your thug life, man. No, I guess not. Yeah. I wasn't crazy with the soundtrack, either. You left Jersey too soon. Well, you just... <laughs> you can I think I left Jersey just in time. <laughs> you Thank can you. change the channel, man. You don't have to listen to that radio station that comes equipped in the car. I didn't like any of them. Yeah, but you can make your own. Not on the Xbox version? Yeah, you could. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Still. Do it. Don't care. (laughs) (laughs) News you don't give a shit about. Universal Pictures is teamed with Dino De Laurentiis Company. R.I.P. Dino De Laurentiis passed a few weeks ago. Yeah. Which owns the rights to Stephen King's 1980 novel Firestarter to produce a new version of the story. God. The original 1984 movie starred a young Drew Barrymore as Charlie McGee, a little girl who can start fires with her mind and is a result of a dangerous drug experiment performed on her parents by a secret government agency called The Shop. When Charlie and her dad go on the run, The Shop sends a psychopathic assassin named John Rainbird, played by George C. Scott, to capture them. It sounds like an episode of Charmed. And although uh, Seafy produced a 2002 sequel called Firestarter Rekindled, the new project is not expected to have any connection to it. Instead, Kindle. Variety reports the new film is expected to be loosely based on the original King oh, book, boy. but with an effort to reinvent the main character with a little more edge. Firestarter reignited. <laughs> Screenwriter Mark L. Smith, who wrote Vacancy, is at work on the script. Director has yet to be hired. <laughs> Stephen King himself will not be involved with the production. Yeah, I, I can see that. That's going to suck spectacularly. <laughs> My God. What was wrong with the original version? It's still fine. Oh, they just, they're just buying the yeah, freaking they name. Because yeah. they, want to, just... they want to make sure that they make money, so they're just buying things that made money at one point. Yeah. Variety also <laughs> mentions that De Laurentiis Company intends to remake Maximum Overdrive, which was remade as Trucks. 
What? What? Yeah. Do you know about the remake of Action Overdrive called Trucks? No. It's no. actually kind of decent. It oh. follows the original story a little better. You know what? Let's face it, Maximum Overdrive is, is not the best. No, but it's fun. But it is so much fun. It's ridiculous fun. With the goofy face We, in the we are truck. talking Stephen King at the height of his cocaine habit. Oh, no. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Let's put some trucks and make them. Yeah. And let's face it, that Green Goblin Semi is awesome in design. That's a model I want to build. The Green right Goblin Semi? Yeah, monogram, Ravel, get to work. I want that. We model. should put a, a fund together. We should put a charity fund together yeah. to buy Stephen King some cocaine. <laughs> Why? Because I want more crazy stuff like, <laughs> let's get some trucks and, and, and make the trucks hit everybody. Oh, and, God. And be evil. Well, I, I bet he'd be happy to Oh, 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 it's a sequel. We'll, we'll, we'll go to England and although, we'll get a bunch of Mini Coopers. Although I understand what you're Evil Mini Coopers. I understand what you're no, talking about. Wait, Russia! Tractors! <laughs> evil fucking yeah. tractors! Evil camels from Egypt! We could take this forever. Yeah, you can. Maybe you should write it. Uh, give me some drugs. No, my friends and I used to. My friends and I used to joke. We need to start a, a, a campaign to get Dave Sim back on pot because of where Cerebus went when he got off. Oh, of, uh, don't even talk to me about that goddamn comic. <laughs> I don't want to talk about no, it. No, no. Okay. I'm sorry. You've opened it up, Barry. Why don't you like Cerebus? Why don't I like Cerebus? Because Cerebus went on for how many years? A lot. A lot. Three hundred issues. Three hundred issues, all written and drawn by the same guy, right? Yeah, Dave yeah. Sim. It's a record. Yeah, okay. I read the first couple books of Cerebus. I'm like, oh, wow, this is, this is really fun. Mm-hmm. That's like a trades, po- or do you mean just single the, issues? The, the whole big trades. The phone books. They weren't, yeah, the phone books. They weren't in like trades are now. They're like fucking phone books. Yeah. And they're all black and white, and they're really good. Mm. Um, it's like I a take Society, on, Church and State 1 and 2. Yep. It's yeah. like a, it's like a uh, take on Conan the Barbarian, yeah. kind of, but with this crazy little pig thing. Um, Aardvark, but who's counting? Earth yeah. Pig Born. Earth Pig Born. Um, that's when it was good, and they had story. It was it, mm-hmm. it, they they got a little deeper, you know, into the whole thing with Felda and yep. you know, all that, and they and they had ongoing the stories. Yep. Yeah, and it, it was neat. But then Dave Sim did something to he his brain. Quit pot. Yeah, dude, he publicly announced he stopped pot. He stopped pot, and uh, it. And what happened? And he well, got then angry. It got <laughs> angry, and it became political, and it became yeah. philosophical. I mean, he he church and state and high society were already political and social. Wait, but when when he when he st- when he stopped, he really you can't got even read deep. those last four he really four books. Really got deep. Really, and then, and then, and is it then, just drawings of the aardvark just pontificating? No, actually, a lot of them. I'll, a lot of them. I'll, I'll, uh, Don't even have to do with the there's aardvark. There's a lot of there's a lot of print. And then he'll have a, a panel with his Woody Allen look-alike dude, or with some other look-alike dude. And I mean, it got kind of arty, but he really kinda? got super duper political. And at some and that point, was even before he picked up Islam. <laughs> oh yeah. And then there's there's whole comics that are just nothing but text. Yeah. Why wow, not write really? a novel? Yeah, yeah. Why not write a novel? He was. In the end, doesn't even make any sense. It has nothing to do with anything. Issue number two thirty-two, the prose novel. So it was something like that. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. Wow. So so, fuck you, Dave Sim. <laughs> wow. Sometimes okay. cutting the pot out and finding religion not so good. <laughs> not so good, sir. Kids, that's a public service announcement <laughs> yes. brought to you by Mash. <laughs> I Dr. sold. Hard. I sold all my service. 
<laughs> oh, I've I've got mine, but my my collection tapers out at like Jocka's story or so, Mel. That's right. I think I have the I first two, comics. so I never ran into it. I sold Church and State. Collection. I mean, the the you have you have Cerebus and High Society. Yeah. Church and State one and two. He dude, he makes some beautiful statements about organized religion and its interaction with politics and stuff. Okay. It really is awesome. But it's cool. still good to. Re- it's still a good read at that and, point. And yes, it is. And the art. Uh, for my money, the most beautiful black and white line art in comics. Darn good. Yeah. Very beautiful. If, at, if I could, if I could draw one tenth like that, I would. Did like, he do the art too? Yeah. He does the figures, and then Gerhard, his longtime partner, did the backgrounds. Okay. okay. So, so and it is phenomenal stuff. Even in the later stuff, when he does draw pictures, it's beautiful stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so credit where credit's <clears> due. Yeah. For the record, and, suck it. And don't, uh, also, don't read them uh, the end of it. Torgo, you would be interested in later issues. He actually has uh, a letters exchange with Alan Moore about religion. Really? Alan Moore's talking about being a magician. I'm fascinated. And Sim is talking about <clears throat> his version of Islam that he was creating. Huh. And it was actually a very interesting exchange. And that's the most interesting part of those later <clears throat> comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, actually, a lot of the... The essays and the letters exchanges is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're drawing about an aardvark. Keep it together, Sim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, news you don't give a shit about. <laughs> Officials at a park in uh, Wuliugyan, and I'm just making that name up because it's nowhere what I'm saying here. What the hell country is that in? It's not that, okay. Wulingyan. Wulingyan. China. Oh, yeah, I've been yeah, there. All right. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't been there. This is where you can find the real-life mountains that inspired the ones that floated through the movie Avatar. They are offering an Avatar-themed wedding package, complete with Navi, or at least Chinese men in blue underwear and cat masks. Oh, my God. But before you hop on a plane, a uh, word of warning, the mountains may, take, may make for a beautiful backdrop. Don't get me wrong. But apparently the costume men aren't equally impressive. According to one not-so-very-satisfied customer, quote, the Navi were a couple of forestry workers dressed up in long underwear, dyed blue, wearing some very unconvincing masks. It was really pathetic, unquote. <laughs> if your dumbass flies to China to get married in an Avatar setting just because of some freaking mountains as a backdrop, you deserve what you get. Wow. Yes, you do. <laughs> really? I mean, the, the Rings tour of New Zealand, at least you're going to see well, New the, Zealand. Well, that's really cool, though, because they left the, they left the full, some of the full sets that were still, yeah. that were full sets. I mm-hmm. mean, it's not like you're just seeing yeah. crap that was left behind after they tore out everything. They just said, why break it down? Just leave it. Yeah, so it's a tourist attraction. And it There's something else money. to look at in New Zealand, you bet. Yeah. And I don't want to look at first. And that's all workers. the shit news. Half hour in. <laughs> that's all that. Oy. Yeah. So let's do Weekend Geek. Weekend Geek. Yeah, our real news. Uh, two of the biggest winners of the show, Jeopardy. Ken Jennings, who made $2.5 million, and Brad Reuter, uh, who made $3.6 million, will be pitted against an IBM Power 7 server named Watson in February. Why do they always pit these people against Three IBM? million. In Jeopardy? That's not easy to do because you're not making wow. big money there. I didn't even hear about the other guy. Jennings was the guy who was there for, like, lifetimes. Yeah. Well, who's the other thought, guy? Didn't they have a limit on how many shows you could be there they for? They eventually created the limit after him. Yeah. Oh, okay. The idea came about as a result of developments in the computer's ability to recognize and interpret speech. Trivia questions, especially in the Jeopardy answer question format, can involve clever turns of phrases, riddles, and other tricks of speech that can have multiple interpretations. This kind of skill can allow computers to better diagnose diseases and provide tentacle support in call centers. 
The grand prize will be $1 million, which IBM says it will donate it to a charity if it wins. The humans have committed to donating half their prize to charity if one of them wins. So this is going to happen in February. So if you want to see Man versus Machine once again wow. in a World Series of Love, it's on. I'm sorry, Dave. I can't let you do that. <laughs> it turns out more than one-third of World of Warcraft subscribers went out and bought 3.3 million copies of Cataclysm in the first 24 hours of it being available. <laughs> Only one-third of them, really? Which means that Blizzard has, with that's the, just in that first 24 hours, I'm sure most of them have gotten since. Right. But that means Blizzard has, with an expansion pack, claimed the title of the fastest-selling PC game of all time from itself. Mm-hmm. The previous bestseller was World of Warcraft Wrath of the Lich King. Yep. The second WoW expansion, uh, Rock, Paper, Shotgun, doesn't indicate whether this 3.3 million includes digital pre-orders, though, which were an available distribution method for the first time in mm-hmm. WoW history, so the number could potentially be bigger. Like we were surprised for this. And it would yeah. have been even bigger if they didn't have to go to um, uh, WoW Leap before going to WoW Epic yes. to get their reserve <laughs> yes. of the backlog yeah. of this order for the... Uh, well, if you got 3 million people playing a game, which they have more than that... You 12 know, million, right? Yeah. Worldwide, Everyone's yeah. going to buy the oh, expansion. Yeah. Or what the hell are you playing extreme. for? Well, and I don't think it was out in every country mm, on that same right. day. So, I mean, that doesn't limit the amount of people that are allowed to pick it up that day. Well, you know what? Allow me to continue some of Blizzard news here, because this, okay. uh, this oh is this okay. little leak that took place, Uh-oh. and Blizzard rarely gets a leak. Double three, double three, double three. Really, really, please, come on. It seemed that, uh, let's see, in November 29th, that great secret was revealed. It certainly looked like it. It seemed as a Blizzard China had allowed the internet to get a hold of a list of all the Blizzard Entertainment's proposed product releases for the next five years. And which, quor- and which yearly quarter they were expected to be released in. These included here for two unknown projects, such as fourth and fifth expansions to World of Warcraft, three different additions to StarCraft II, two expansions for the unreleased Diablo III, the World of Warcraft movie, and a project going by the name of Titan that is likely a code name for Blizzard's long-secret second MMO. Well, that week's old link is starting to receive some legitimate, if indirect, confirmation in the form of the resignation or firing, depending upon who you ask, of general manager of Blizzard China. According to Marbridge Counseling, it seems, oh, sorry, Marbridge Consulting, it seems as if Blizzard is even conducting a full investigation of the leak, which may culminate in more staff rearrangements. Uh oh. Wow. So, yeah. Keep in mind, Blizzard cancels shit. Well, it rearranges things when yeah, it doesn't don't. so much cancel shit. Is has a it'll be out when it's done policy. I like that policy. Yeah, I, I do really too. Do. Well, yeah, because then you know at least that cancel. it's not going to like be sh- you know it's going to fall apart or have so many bugs that when you first get it that it's not even worth buying. Wow, it's pretty buggy when it first came out. That's, That's true. But it hasn't really been. I mean, they've been they do a really good job about maintaining that they do. game. They do. They do. They do do a good job at that. Wow. Um, and they change the game entirely, and it's still good, which you know. I'm not going to Star Wars Galaxy ramp, but you know where I'm going. <laughs> yes. It's, yeah. Um, but they do change things. Uh, there was going to be a graphic adventure type of thing. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. The and then, then there was StarCraft yeah. Ghost. Right. StarCraft Ghost went far along the development path before it got shit-canned. That's true, too. So... But these you are but these are not like new items. We we've known that uh, this Titan project has been in the works for a while. I didn't but know. I think the most exciting thing for me was the fact that not... 
when Diablo 2 was released, it eventually got one expansion, Lord of Destruction. Yes. Great expansion. Yes. Loved it. Added lots of good stuff. But it didn't last that long. No, no. It just gave you one extra world to yeah. it and gave you a lot of items, basically. Yeah. And a few more classes. Well, here we have Diablo 3 coming out, supposedly this year, according to this list. Uh, at the end of late. the year. No, I mean, I'm sorry, the upcoming year. I'm, my head's already in 2011. Yeah. So... So supposedly by the end of 2011, if all goes well, with an expansion every year after that for the next two years. That would be awesome. <clears throat> so yeah, so long, everybody. It's been if nice all goes you. well. I was, I was hoping to play Diablo 3 last year. What the hell? Yeah, but like you just said, you're glad sometimes that they wait because if it's not ready, it's not ready. Yeah. They just need and to I don't want them putting, especially that game, because that game, Oh yeah. I mean, that gave them a lot of the following for, you know, for... The rest of their games, StarCraft, Warcraft, all that stuff. Whatever. <laughs> Fuji TV announced they'll be opening a restaurant themed after the popular One Piece anime on December 11th, 2010. And the restaurant will remain open until May 31st, 2011. Named the One Piece Restaurant Going Merry Go. <laughs> this has got to be in Japan. <laughs> The restaurant will be decorated like the interior of the anime's Going Merry ship and will feature dishes that appear throughout the show and manga. From the Anime News Network regarding the menu offerings, the menu includes main characters Luffy's favorite piece of meat, complete with the bone that he is often seen gnawing, Sanji's terrible soup, as seen on page 99 of the 8th manga volume, and Nami's fruit Macedonia, as seen on page 31 of the 6th manga volume. I love when this shit happens. Okay, so I really do. Why put the money into opening a restaurant and only have it open for, for like six, six months? months. Yeah, yeah. I, that that's crazy. That almost put it into news you don't give a shit about for that alone. Well, but, but maybe it's anybody, their way of making money because now they're like, well, you yeah, you have this time to, to go. Time. And hey, you know, if it works out, they can do another one for future. That's true. For future points, they get so, into something else, right? That's interesting. So I, uh, you know, bless. I'm not an anime guy. No. But bless no, the anime fans that are so into it that they inspire anime restaurants. Anime or manga? Both. It's both in this case. Yeah. They're so crazy about that over there. I don't understand it. I don't understand why. I think it's shit. But, hey, more power to them. Bless the otaku of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to Kamaket one of these days. Well, this one... I just want to go to Japan. Oh, yeah. Sounds good. Kamaket is like you only four or five times the size of Comic-Con. By mayor, you can't eat at this restaurant. That's not going to happen. Yeah. This this one threw me for a loop because uh, last week uh, we reported on the fact that Avengers was going to be this, the ultimate come together. The Iron Man 3 was going to be where all the Avengers were going to come in and do this and that. John Favreau was talking about it. John Favreau, the man who put Robert Downey Jr. in the Iron Man mask and made a Marvel movie powerhouse, is not coming back for Iron Man 3. There are a couple of theories as to why Favreau is no longer a marquee director in Marvel's stable. According to New York Magazine, the first has to do with Marvel's apparent desire to stuff Iron Man 3 with a bunch of second-tier heroes, probably as a way to seed them for future movies or TV shows. When he spoke to MDV News about a week or so ago, Favreau relayed his concerns over the ever-expanding Marvel Universe and its architects. Quote, This whole world, I have no idea what it is. I don't think they do either from conversations I've had with these guys. The second theory has to do with money, namely how much Favreau stood to make. When Marvel brought him on to do Iron Man, he was a blockbuster rookie, so they could get him on the cheap. But after Iron Man went supernova, 
Favreau decided to ask for and got $10 million to, to direct Iron Man 2 plus a share of the back end. Mm. For Iron Man 3, that number would likely go up, and the bottom line, uh, Conscious Marvel, and Marvel's more frugal owner, Disney, wanted to stem the tide. Regardless, Marvel's begun a search for a new Iron Man director, hoping to find someone who will jibe with Downey, who has director approval. Mm. So, yeah, Favreau is off, and apparently direct, going to be directing uh, Magic Kingdom. Have you ever heard of this movie? No. no. It is Night at the, Night at the Museum. In Disneyland. No way. Yeah, where kids get trapped oh in God. Disneyland after dark. <laughs> You're such a dork. Oh, my God. And the park That's comes so to life. That is so freaking cool. Yeah, I'm How many so times the kid do not wish that that would happen? And that is why that movie is going to bank. Oh, Completely my God. bank. I'm so there. You bet your and you're there too. be there with me. I know. I'm there. <laughs> We're all going. It's going to be fantastic. We can all wear ears. Yeah. I, get to, I get to wear your Tron ears. Fuck you! <laughs> All the drama surrounding the fate of The Walking Dead's writing staff has at least yielded this bit of good news. Powers, based on Brian Michael Bendis' award-winning comic, is finally getting off the ground at effects with one of the zombie hits architects on board. Really? Executive producer Charles Chick Igli was Frank Darabont's right-hand man during the first season of The Walking Dead, but left in the well-reported writer exodus. But Igli seems to have landed on his feet. The vet- veteran of shows like NPD Blue and The Shield is in talks to join effects adapt- adaptation of powers based on Bendis and Michael Ovan's uh, Orning's uh, long-running comic about beat cops in a world filled with superheroes. Bendis himself even tweeted confirmation, quoting, Okay, I rarely do this, but the Powers TV rumor that hit the net today confirmed as fact. Yeah, and I like cool. Powers, so I, I'm, I'm happy with this. I'm a, I, yeah, Powers was a good, uh, it's a good series. But are, are they going to... Do they leave just to be freelance people for Powers? Or are they, is it going to be a standard writing staff for Powers? Uh, I don't... I, they don't tell me these things. I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, he's Why don't the inside, they tell you? Let me you get him, let, let me get a glee on the phone and I'll, yeah, okay. I'll get you. I'm a little worried about minutes. Walking Dead. I'm a little worried about the freelance writing staff because it's hard to maintain a consistent narrative as it is. Well, yeah, I'm a little surprising because that's not typically how it works. You get a writing pool of of, uh, of, of voices, good, right? And, yeah. and if you if it works, you let a few you, go, you, you gain a few it. more yeah. each season. But to give it all the exodus, well, that's well, that's how it kind of felt with Supernatural this season too. It's like one-off episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, their whole field. Monster of the Week. One of the reasons why we really loved that show was they had a constant undertone of, like, geekery popping in every once in a while. You would get this, like, you know, little blip of something that totally, you know, from some random movie or some random TV show or a comic book from something. Okay. And there was also that constant... Um, a constant serious narrative. Serious but humor to every single episode. This and it was year, all building to something. And it all built to something. And this year it just seems like one episode after the other, they're all independent. They're not funny. You sit really? there and the whole time it's kind of like, okay. It lost its way. Yeah. And I don't, and, and it really does seem like they've got rid of all their writers. And I'm worried writers. for the same reason about Walking Dead. I know. That they, I get that. That, that each episode is going to be a little different than the rest. And not only are you going to get different feelings from the episodes and the characters, it's going to lose the narrative. All I know, son, is Darabont did it for a reason. <laughs> money? Because if it's money, I'm disappointed. I doubt it. Darabont's not really a money guy. No. He's, he's, very, he's very art-centric. Whatever. Well, maybe it goes back to, you know, when Band of Brothers came out and was really mm. big. One of the big things with that was every episode, 
of that miniseries was directed by somebody else. Every single one was directed by a new person, which is why when you watch That's it, true. every single episode has a slightly different filming. It films differently, and it kind of take you can right. you can tell. But is that something you want in your story? No, your not, in a, story? not in yeah. a TV show. Yeah. Not in something that you want to last for years. You know, a miniseries, it only goes for eight episodes. Yeah, that's one thing. Especially not one that's telling the story of a comic that's already laid out. Right. And this has to happen, then this, then this. Yeah. I want those things to happen. And I think if they do like they're doing now, it's going to be, okay, that one story will be hit in the beginning. And then you'll have three episodes of weird shit. And then you'll have like a little bit about something that's supposed to happen in the timeline. And then three episodes of Monster of the Week. I don't want that. Because yeah. you know all the characters that you get to, to like, like the woman that died in. The, okay, spoiler alert. Have you? Have you? Who's not seen The uh, Walking Dead season finale? I haven't. You haven't. <laughs> Maybe you should plug your ears. <laughs> plug your ears. No, because yeah. you're gonna hear it later. Yeah, than really? <laughs> okay. So A when couple. I edit this, how the fuck do I do this part? <laughs> no, this is easy. This is no surprise. No. A couple people die yeah. in the episode that weren't in the comic. Okay. Whoop de do. No, no big spoiler. And you expected them not to be around. And I don't want to expect anything. I, I want to be surprised a little bit. When someone dies or someone appears or disappears or whatever, yeah. Well, that, that's, a fi- that's a fine line for someone who's read the comic. Because it is a fine line. if you're adding bodies to kill, you have you might as well put red shirts on them. Yeah, right? exactly. And... Or they could just carry them. However, the if you end up killing somebody that is integral to the comic book later, fanboys are going to shit. Okay. Perfect example. True Blood. The long red-haired girl. Okay. What's her she name? Doesn't, um... I haven't seen it past the first season, so oh, I don't know. Oh, my God. She's, like, super hot, and she's, she's love, totally not her. in the comics. I love her. Okay. Comics. Sorry. Books. Really? Books. Books. She's not in the comic? Not in the comic. <laughs> or the books. Yeah. <laughs> She's no, totally she doesn't in exist books. in the book. And they yeah. put her in on purpose, I think, to give a different kind so of... something. But she stayed for a few seasons, and people like her. Yeah. That, I want the ability for that to happen in Walking Right, Dead. not well, to just expect might. them to die. Yeah. Right. A lot of this hey. depends on Darabont's control That's over the story and the plotting and the overall arcing. And, and let's, let's realize that, you know, our first season was only six episodes. It was something they had to prove themselves to the studio with, which they obviously did. So now we have a longer season next time. So he, ha- I'm sure he has a plan. Okay, side note. Does anybody else miss the 22-episode seasons with every show? Um, depends on the show. See, because sometimes, like, with a lot of shows, it seems now, especially if they're on cable networks, you mm. only get 10 to 12 episodes. Yeah. That's it. The British style, yeah. Yeah. So they don't do it, yeah. And, you know, on... The major TV networks still, you will get some shows that still do like the twenty-two episode, right. eighteen to twenty-two episodes. I think is a full season. Yeah, whatever. Even V didn't do a full season. Right. No, but well, I guess yeah. that's another test show, really. Yeah, and some of them, I think, some of them I know they do on purpose because they don't want to push it. Because if you stretch some of those shows out to twenty-two episodes for one season, mm-hmm. you might at some point run out of, you know good solid scripts to do for one episode. It, it depends how they can hold their story together. If if the story only needs 12 episodes, then go for but it. But sometimes I'm, you know, there's some shows out there that I like True Blood's one of them. I'm like god, already it's the season finale. Holy right. crap, you know. But yes. it also allows those shows to live a little longer cuz let's face it a 12 show season is a lot cheaper to do well, than yeah, a 20 absolutely. episode season. Absolutely. And less risk for the studio. So yeah, Especially might... when you have, uh, you know, 
such high budgets for there might be shows. a perverse uh, perverse logic to competition as well fewer episode fewer blocks of episodes or a shorter season makes you more competitive and somehow holding uh, the audience's attention because now i mean the 22 episode season was also when everything premiered in september yeah ran through to christmas new years and then you went into your repeats and, right. Which and, you still get on the major networks, like yeah. um, you know. But even but even the major networks also do their staggering. I mean, yeah, they do. They, they, they do, do now. their. They have their uh, mid-season replacements and stuff like that. So there's a ton of competition out there. They just need to man up and take a shot. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> you like you you like a show? Pony up. You know? Yeah. There you go. Show yeah. me you like it. Yeah. Put well, some money behind it. Give, give it to Fox new, and see what happens. Yeah. NBC yeah. No. has a new one <laughs> no. premiering in January called The Cape. Oh, so excited about this. Yeah. I'm, it's the replacement, I think, for Heroes, but we'll, we'll see. It looks interesting. We'll yeah. see how it does. It's, it's, uh, it's Batman-esque. Mm-hmm. It looks... looks and it yeah. has Summer Glau in it. Love it! Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's right. She did uh, just jump on, didn't she? Yeah. Carson. Hmm. Summer Glau or Laura Vanderport? Summer Glau. Okay. You're not getting judged. I'm just asking. <laughs> the director behind Pan's Labyrinth, Hellboy, and the upcoming At the Mountains of Madness has partnered with THQ to produce a potential trilogy of video games called Insane. Video games, really? Which she <laughs> describes as Lovecraftian horror adventure with a pulp narrative and creatures with tentacles. That would be cool. It's tentacles, not, cool. Not scheduled for release until 2013, but yeah, Del no, Toro's finally style, taking the jump. With his style, that would be awesome in video games. Yeah. yeah. Very beautiful to even just Benicio look at. Del Toro. Well, it's all, <laughs> God damn it. it's all about play control. Well, yeah, but that that wouldn't be his responsibility. He needs to do that a movie be, with him. It should be. He does. Just to, just just to, to get fuck it with out, me. Of the, out of your system. Yeah. God. This one is for Todd. <laughs> you, know, you need also, you should watch the Hellboy 2 Golden Army. Uh, I think behind, I have it in my collection. Yeah. The behind the scenes. He talks about all the different uh, stuff they do. Um, their visual tricks like uh, in the, the Goblin Market and stuff like that. And all the cinematic tricks he does and everything. It's, hmm. it's actually very, very cool. The guy who plays Hellboy, yeah. is that the guy on... Uh... Yeah. Roman. Oh, Roman. it is. I thought so. I totally just popped in my head. I was like, yeah. wait, that's him. That's but his it's, voice. It's important. It's important. It's important. It's important, <laughs> it's important to remember. <laughs> it's important to remember what the fuck I'm just about to say. <laughs> it's important to remember that uh, a great movie director like Guillermo, de, Guillermo del, del Toro yes. is... Great at just that movie directing, but no matter how much great stuff visually you put into a video game, it still ha- it still has to stand on its own two feet right. when it comes to play control. Right. Case in point, Mist. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, people liked it, but at the time, yeah, at yeah, the, the time. time it was great. You're talking about the computer game, right? Yeah, I liked no, it. No, the breakfast cereal. Yeah. Okay, I liked it because it's not so much a video game as as like a trivia type. With the video game feel to it. I mean, Therefore, you have to solve it wasn't puzzles. a video game. It was... But it was a PC game. It's not yeah. made... It wasn't a console game. It was a PC game. PC so? games are allowed to be... Have a wide variety of formats. There's lots of... Ver- what I'm trying to say is there's lots of very beautiful games out there that play like shit. Hmm. Okay, yeah. And this is THQ, who has kind of a mixed... Mixed bag? Yeah. Yeah. What else have mm. they done? I don't know. But it's mixed. THQ, THQ. I know they've done some stuff I know. I I've seen like. it. I've seen it a lot of times. But yeah, enough that it. that's in my brain to go, hey... Mm. THQ. Why does it strike? 
<laughs> a, uh, the report comes from The Guardian via a leaked diplomatic cable entitled David Letterman, Agent of Influence. What? According to the cable, uncensored American television, which is being broadcast on Saudi Arabia's MBC4 as part of their war of ideas against extremism, have been more effective curbing notions of jihad than the U.S.'s Al Hura TV news channel. The later has already racked up 500 million tab for U.S. Pack, uh, taxpayers, but doesn't seem to be able to have the emotional power of desperate housewives or friends. According to two Saudi media executives, it's still all about the war of ideas here and the American programming on MBC and Rotana, a channel part owned by Rupert Murdoch's News Corporation, is winning over Saudis in a way that Al Hura and other U.S. propaganda never could. Saudis are, Saudis are now very interested in the outside world and everybody wants to study in the U.S. if they can. They are fascinated by U.S. culture in a way they never were before. Moreover, the cables have shown the American films have a similar impact. The diplomats told Washington that certain themes of American movies seem to appeal to the Saudi audience. Heroic honesty in the face of corruption, like from George Clooney and Michael Clayton. Supportive behavior and relationships in unspecified drama that was uh, repeated during the aid holiday during American husband dealing with a drunk wife who smashed cars and, and crockery when she wasn't assaulting him or their child. Tiger and, Woods. Might be. <laughs> and respect for the law over self-interest. Al Pacino and Robin Williams in Insomnia. So, yeah, Hollywood doing more to fight radical jihad hmm. yeah. than the American war on terror. how many even conservatives would sit there and say that Hollywood's responsible for people yeah, like that seriously. hating us? You know what this is? Civilization Four, <laughs> Spreading <laughs> culture and taking cities that way. Oh, That's what this is. It's exactly <laughs> what that is. I love winning that way. <laughs> oh, you're going to put your little shitty city right next to me? Okay, fine. I'm putting a TV station there. Barry, Rupert, you will Murdoch, Rob. <laughs> I'll take you with Elvis. And the Video Game Awards. The Spike TV Video Game Awards took place last Sunday in Los Angeles. Bethesda Softworks finally released the first teaser trailer for the oft-rumored fifth installment in the Elder Scrolls series. Woohoo! The little information... Currently available concerning the game, Bethesda has confirmed that the game will be available for PC, PlayStation 3, and Xbox 360, with a release scheduled on November 11, 2011. Additionally, Bethesda indicated the game will run on an entirely new engine. This engine is being built in-house and will allow the developer to greatly improve the quality of the characters and animations. The game will be set in the northern province of Skyrim, and the trailer indicated the story will bear some form of connection to the events of the previous installment, Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion. EA and BioWare presented their first teaser trailer for the third and final installment of the Mass Effect trilogy. The trailer showed London overrun by Reapers and Commander Shepard overlooking the planet from orbit. EA confirmed the game will be released in time for the 2011 holiday season and that the game will be released on the PC, PlayStation 3, and Xbox 360 on the same date. Nice. Yes. Wow. So, I'm very excited about Mass Effect. So, uh, and, and, uh, and a, uh, a companion note, uh, Ugly Couch Show and uh, Geek Shock will be closing its doors in November uh, for that month, and we'll come back uh, after the holidays. <laughs> God, I must do it. Yeah, I know. I have to play that too. And that leaves us the big list. 
Big list. Hey, can I report something before we do big list? Yes, you make actually sense. have you guys uh, in in prior um, shows uh, or in like the last year heard of? Oh, your you jacket. What? Yeah, I've heard that. Fleece. <laughs> I, I uh, a Klingon Christmas Carol. What no. the hell what, is this? What, what? Comedia Beauregard is a St. Paul-based theater company Chlamydia dedicated... Comedia Beauregard? Comedia. Comedia. Comedia dell'arte. <laughs> I heard Chlamydia. Uh-huh. Yeah, well... Having yeah. problems with that? Yeah, that doesn't... Uh, well, yeah. Wow. You better not hope so. Well, TMI <laughs> alert. Whoop, whoop. Um, is, uh, it's a theater company dedicated to translating the universal human experience to this stage, expanding horizons and sharing knowledge of all cultures, translating between languages and between arts to create theater, beautiful in expression. Previous productions have included plays translated from Polish, Spanish, Russian, German, Czech, including The Jewelier Shop by uh, Pope John Paul II, and a new translation of Karl Kopeck's R.U.R., the Czech play that invented or brought us the term robot. Hmm. Really? This year, and uh, for everyone listening in Chicago, the, this is running through December 19th, Comedia um, Beauregard... Now I'm hearing it, you bastard. Yeah. <laughs> Comedia Beauregard is, um, had an, uh, is doing the Chicago premiere of their holiday production, A Klingon Christmas Carol, at the Greenhouse Theater <laughs> Center. Really? The first play ever produced entirely in the Klingon language. Oh, my God. Oh my the God. Twin Cities phenomenon, A Klingon Christmas Carol, has finally come to Chicago. Scrooge has neither honor nor courage in this uproarious <laughs> twist on the classic holiday tale. Can the visits of three spirits help him become the true warrior in time to save Tiny Tim from a horrible fate? You find out in the melding of the Charles Dixon... Charles Dickens' morality tale with the language and culture of the Star Trek warrior race. Performed in the original Klingon with English subtitles. This bizarre hit has heard itself. Just like in opera. Yeah. Opera where okay. you have you ever the gone? Yeah, up. they have it. It's above the stage, and then they they do this. Which is funny because when I think saying. about all the shows I've done and how I mess up lines and rewrite scenes and everything, that's like <laughs> the pressure to keep up with the damn subtitles would kill me. Right? Or you could but, just read them. Yeah. Re- Klingons wouldn't care if Scrooge was not charitable or nice, explained Comedia Beauregard artistic director Christopher O. Kidder. Instead, the spirits that visit our Scrooge are trying to help him become honorable and courageous, the two highest virtues of Klingon society. Um, They go on to talk about the Klingon language. Um, As with any translation, working English into Klingon is not a precise process. Translating a Christmas carol into the guttural warrior tongue was especially problematic for Comedia Beauregard because the Klingons had no gods, no Christ, no Christmas. The title of the play roughly translates as Feast of the Long Night Song and could mostly be understood as a winter solstice carol. Well, Kalis wasn't so much a god. And in fact, it. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where's okay, Paul I picked him? up. I picked up a Klingon. Uh, uh, one of the IKV um, people from the locals. They went and saw it and gave a little review. Oh, Not really? A professional okay. review. Oh, the IKV Klingons wearing glasses. Um, three Klingons. Uh, three Kalises <laughs> visit Scrooge. Past Kalis, today Kalis, and future Kalis. Oh. Scrooge finds his warrior heart and achieves honor. With the, while the presentation is displayed, a Vulcan explains Klingon customs and ideas. 
Interesting. He said it was very touching. He loved how the actors spoke their uh, their Klingon. He said he could actually follow them quite often. Didn't even need the subtitles. He said the costuming was really good, and the presentation overall. He even mentions um, spoiler alert when Tiny <laughs> Tim's mother does a death howl for Tiny Tim. It was definitely not a joke. The whole audience was wrapped in silence. Huh. Nobody laughed. So it is in Chicago, the Greenhouse Theater. I believe it's Greenhouse Theater Center. Oh, uh, theatercenter.org. You can go to cbtheater.org or greenhousetheater.org. Tickets $32. Greenhouse Theater Steel. is at uh, North yeah. Lincoln Avenue, two blocks south of Fullerton in Chicago. It's Star Trek Experience. Cost $30, $32. That, that is a steal. What I would go for, the play, but I would also go to see the people that come to the play. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. First few nights. You want, you want the back row for this. Yeah, you want, you want the opening night. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. So, but I thought that was actually fascinating, especially because these people apparently do all sorts of translations and things like that. And That's they brilliant. And doing Klingon Christmas Carol. What a choice. Great so, choice. That's a good one. A story everyone knows, can follow along, but will have its own. Exactly. exactly. I think it's familiar enough that, uh, that you're you not going to be totally freaking right. lost. Yeah. Right. Imagine Klingon R-U-R. It, yeah. Yeah. It'd be Take cool, it. but it'd be a yeah. nightmare. Yeah, it would. To follow. Um, when will Ugly Couch Show, the musical, and Christmas Carol? I'm working on it. Awesome. Working on it. Good. So Jeff will be the... Uh, ghost of uh, go, go, ghost of past. technology past. Ghost of technology past. <laughs> I'll be the ghost of ire and hatred present, <laughs> and uh, you can be the uh, ghost of. Hey, Paul, Paul can what? be the ghost of the future. Future <laughs> team. Yes. <laughs> yes. All the future points. Oh, you can be Marley. Ask who, who's uh, who's Jelly going to be? But. Yeah. Jelly. Jelly's the. The, protag- the protagonist in this, uh, so in this he, whole so thing. So he's uh, Scrooge? He's Scrooge. So I, so he's Scrooge. Jolly is Scrooge. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, oh, humbug. I, I get oh, to be right. Tiny Tim. Yes. Tiny Torgo. You're going to sing Tiny, Tiny Torgo. Torgo. Sing about Wazzle Berry dressing. <laughs> that will not, sir. No? How, how dare you suggest it? <laughs> <laughs> so, as, big list. Yeah, yeah I was going to do a big list. list. Eight laughably terrible Xbox Live indie games from Games Radar. Try not to fart! Try not to fart! <laughs> Microsoft. Try not to fart! Here, here's the thing. Try not to fart! Barry. Well, Try not to fart! <laughs> Try not to fart, Torgo! Try I'm, not to fart! I am trying not to punch you right now. <laughs> you have my permission. You can hit him all Thank you. Want. you. I You're appreciate welcome. it. I, yeah. Knock, knock. Who's there? Try not to fart! Thank you. Watch out. Come on. You knew it was coming. I did. But hey, guess I had, what? I couldn't leave you hanging. Guess what? What? Try not to fart. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my God. No, no. That, see, the thing is that that is actually a semi-decent game wrapped up in there. These are like the... Horrible. Well, put it. Microsoft disclaimer states they won't monitor any game content, and here are the resulting train wrecks. All right? <laughs> These are funny, though. In no particular order. Okay. Number one, Cassie's Corner. This game is the Xbox version of YouTube videos featuring moderately hot girls who babble about their pampered lives and soak up admiration of lonely men. Framed as a trivia game, each question is delivered by a video recording of an attractive blonde girl who we all assume is named Cassie. She talks as slowly as possible and often prolongs the moment 
by making stupid faces at the camera and twirling her hair. You can't answer the questions until she finishes being a drama queen, and there are only 39 questions in the entire game. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's the worst game ever. Who designed Wow. Uh, these are independent. These all have a different name. Anybody can do these. Why are there only 39 these. questions? Why would you create you will have a game to ask with, Cassie. That, with that? And you'll have to wait for the answer. Yeah. And the sequel. But it's out there. Play it yourself. No. <laughs> Commission denied. Number two, Avatar High Five! (laughs) Exclamation point. Oh, God. Rhythm games depend heavily on presentation and usually work best when you feel like you're doing something cool, like rocking out on stage. Giving your avatar a high five isn't cool. The developer of Avatar High Five at least was able to recognize that, but unfortunately his solution to the problem was to add a fist bump option. Is this a Kinect game? No. (laughs) (laughs) How the... Wow. Barry <laughs> finds the one angle that could possibly save this idea. No. How could it not be? A... How does it... Move on. <laughs> Number three, Hotel Danger. Oh, God. What? This exciting game lets you play the role of a detective desperately working against the clock to find a serial killer who is murdering innocent folk in a local hotel. Okay. <laughs> so what... What? Go on. Oh, well wait. delivered. Wait, no. I'm, oh, I'm, damn. I, I, I'm wrong. Hotel Danger is just a screwed up memory game where we unveil two doors, i.e. cards, at a time. If they are two doors containing innocent people, they live. But if you uncover one serial killer and one innocent, the innocent person is killed. So, a murder mystery themed game of memory. Sounds decent. But here's the kicker. The killer's location is occasionally randomized as you play, so there's no point in remembering anything at all. That's ridiculous. That's stupid. Randomized memory. So it's like, so it's like concentration, it's like but somebody war. slips in behind you and switches two cards. Yeah. Why don't you just go offline, flip a coin, and whenever it comes up heads, cheer and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Barry, Yay! that's going to be out next week. Yay! Oh, Tails. <laughs> Number four, Combat Tanks. Combat Tanks looks like the pet project of a 12-year-old kid excited by a pirated 3D rendering program he just finished downloading on his parents' computer. <laughs> Textures, when they even exist, are applied with wanton disrespect for the player's corneas. And there are the controls. My God, the controls. If you ever wanted to know what it would be like to pilot a tank while having a double-shot latte pumped directly into your veins, this game is for you. And the real kicker, however, is the price. This turd costs 240 Microsoft points. That's $3. Get out of here. $3. Boo. Number five, seaside racing. Seaside. For a moment. Just a hint of a moment. It seems seaside racing would be a decent game. The graphics are only somewhat terrible, and the untextured shoe that you're put in charge of accelerating quickly, it kind of works. Then you hit a bump, and everything goes to hell, and the apparent featherweight car flips endlessly. The, The tracks leave various stunts and shortcuts, and the football spin physics... Kick in the instant your wheels leave the ground. If you're lucky, you'll land flat and be able to keep racing, but nine times out of ten, you'll land only slightly off-center and go careening into the scenery. Ugh. That's crap. Oh, So clearly they're not using the Havoc physics engine. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Coast, coastal defense, though, at number six. Coastal defense? Yeah. Is this like, like a, one of those defense tower defense games? Oh, yeah. You might think this is a tower like defense game games. from the title. <laughs> I played the hell out of those. But this is actually about shooting poorly rendered boats with a cannon turret. There are no power-ups, no alternate fire modes, 
the you ships shoot. don't shoot back. Hell, there doesn't even be a fail state because boats that make it past your cannon do nothing but disappear. The weirdest thing about the game, though, is the optional quiz mode that presents you with a what? scanned text from history books and asks you questions about them. Maybe it's somebody's idea of a joke, but what? perhaps it's the work what? of a history teacher desperate to find a way to make the kids in the back pay attention. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Shoot at boats with no consequence if you hit or miss, and then get scanned text you have to read and answer questions about. That has nothing to do with one another. <laughs> Co- coastal defense. Why aren't I making video games? Yeah. <laughs> because you're too lazy. Number seven. Oh, tw- there it is. 2060 Cyber Racer. 2060 Cyber Racer is actually not a bad racing game by Xbox Live Indie standards. The cars handle fairly well, and the different vehicles available have distinctive characteristics. There is a decent sense of speed, and crashing doesn't make you launch into orbit. Unfortunately, this is all for nothing, because playing the game will vaporize your retinas. The game apparently takes place in some cyber world, where everything is covered in Matrix-style green and black textures. Once you accelerate... The constant flashing of green and black and green starts working at your brain, trying desperately to melt your neurons. Do not play this game. You're at risk of epileptic seizures unless you want to make your friends believe you have been possessed. Oh, my God. And finally, number eight. Please be fart the game. Eight-bit girlfriend. I am intrigued. (laughs) I am intrigued. I would download this to demo this. No doubt, created by college students with too much time on their hands, 8-Bit Girlfriend is a puzzle game in which the heroic protagonist tries to get laid by fantasy hotties. Is it like this date sims? This is accomplished through a boring dialogue system that doesn't branch in any meaningful way. Worse, the dialogue itself is terrible, full of not funny pickup lines and nonsense options that appear to exist only because some filler was required. The game's graphics aren't even proper 8-Bit style, they're just bad. To be honest, what disappointed the most about 8-Bit Girlfriend was that it didn't even end with a vulgar homage to Custer's Revenge. The game dialogue would not be out of place in a porn film, so it's not as if the game is too highbrow for it. There's only one good thing about the game. It's so short that you can woo each damsel before the trial period is up. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. That's like those date sims that you get in Japan. Oh, if only it were. (laughs) If only it were. And uh, if you want to know more about those, there's more of those at Games Radar. That's their list. So. May, may, I, may I add a game to that? Oh, please. Please Fart do. the game. <laughs> yeah. Fart. There's no game Fart. there. It's not even Fart. a game. It's a Fart. soundboard. Fart. With a song. It's the worst game ever. It's not a game. It's a activity. I... It's, it's a Paul activity. I was going to say, Paul must love that he game. He yeah. adores it. <laughs> I like simple, simple little games that could only almost be mini games and other bigger games, you know? Sure. Like uh, the bouncing game where you're falling. And that you're... one actually is kind of fun It's to an play. avatar game yeah. where you, all you do is you just fall. We found it when my sister was of, here. Like, and my sister's balls. not a console, you know, she's not a video game person. Okay. So it was fun because you, you create all of our, our actual avatars that you see on Xbox Live. Right. Start to fall. Oh. And you have to try and hit them so that they go Bounce through the rings. rings. Yeah. To get more points. Okay. So it's, it's, it's a fun, quick game. Simple, casual yeah, really game. Simple. And that's what most of those games are. Most, most of those games, there's like a small percentage that are, wow, there's a, a decent game. They're really good, yeah. And then there's a, a larger percentage of, wow, this game sucks in spectacular ways. And then there's that monster percentage of mediocrity. Wasn't one of those games that was created, was it Plants vs. Zombies? 
No, that was Plants vs. Zombies. Pop Cap. There ain't, okay. no, ain't no joke. They are the top of their game. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, I was playing that's a good game. Uh, what Fish Frenzy two today, and that was just ridiculous fun. God, I played the hell out of some Plants vs. Zombies. I even went through and tried to get all. I the... think they have a new one. They have the oh. new Xbox One. I know, and there there's a version within Warcraft. With Cataclysm's released. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> my God. That's crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, the best the best of those little crazy, stupid mini games I've ever bought, you know which one it is, when you vandalized the fishing, the fish game. His aquarium. My aquarium. Oh, yes. It's All it is is an a... aquarium. There's no game. Yeah. Just an aquarium. Yeah, you get an achievement for leaving it on for 24 hours. Yep. I forget what I do to it. You made a fish. Oh, I made a fish. It said bad things on it. <laughs> what did it say? I don't remember. There was something bad. I mean, we may need bad. to put it back on. I think so it said Barry is a tool. <laughs> no, that's your you always D&D say. Oh, that's my paper. D&D back the character yes. sheet. Oh, really? That's yeah. not an ongoing uh, uh, Torgo Well, apparently it's going mantra. to be. Oh, it's... Uh, <laughs> Torgo is it's, a wang. It's the beginning of, of a, a great friendship with those words. Yeah, mm-hmm. really. You need a little whisper device. Just I sit, do. Sit. Barry's a tool. I need to get one that I can record. Guess and then put it next to his side of the bed so you can just hear it all night. I hate you all. There you go. Like that's not going to affect you at all. If it's quiet enough, <laughs> I won't hear it. I'm She'll quiet. wake me up. Me? Better wake up. Quiet. Better wake up. I hear someone calling you a tool. <laughs> <laughs> I'll Tor- call you. Torgo must be in the house. Four in the morning. You're getting a call. You know. You'll know what it is. No. Yeah. If if you did that and I didn't know, I would. Yeah. I'd, I would hit you <laughs> hard. Very, yeah. very hard. She hits me. Because all it takes is one whisper in the middle of the night in the freaking dark the room, and he's snoring, and I'm just like, <laughs> Do I snore? Fuck, I'm sorry. On? All the lights in the house. Do I snore? You do, yeah, sometimes. Oh, oh sorry. God. Put snores on it, Torgo. Put snores on it. That'll be so awesome. <laughs> no. <laughs> if I do, you just gotta hit me. <clears throat> Barry will be like, why are you hitting you. me? I'm not even asleep. I'm so sorry. Does it work? Does it stop me? Yeah. Okay, or I cool. shake you and you're like, huh? Okay. <laughs> See, now I'm all embarrassed that I stole it. Jesus, you, it that really embarrasses you? All these things in I the know. universe of Barry Rob, and that embarrasses you. <laughs> I live a weird life, man. What do you want? <laughs> uh, my existence is very tenuous. <laughs> Try not to snore. Try not to snore. And that's the new X- Xbox Live indie game. Try not to snore. Try, Try not, not to, to snore. snore. Try not to wake Deb so she punches you. Kick. That I'll would at least you. be your yeah. penalty if you did snore. <laughs> <laughs> it's only when I drink. Controller vibrates. <laughs> ah! And that's all there is for Geek Shock number 77. But uh, if you got something to say, write to us. Comments at UglyCouchShow.com. Or you can write that little comment section right there on the webpage. We love it. Love it lots. And we love all the little comments you send uh, to iTunes and Zoom and wherever you download your podcasts from. It goes a long way in getting other people to listen. So you tell friends, they'll tell two friends, and one of those friends will hate it. But the other two will probably like it. So And you can sell them Amway. And yeah, yes. Yeah, we are a podcast for the ultimate in pyramid scheme, except nobody makes any money. Including us. <laughs> But, uh, hey, you know what? Next week is a Christmas week in Geek. I'm sure something Christmassy is going to happen. So, sure. until it's Christmas time, I am Master Torgo. I am a snorer, apparently. <laughs> I'm Commander K. And Deb. And we'll talk to you next week. Have fun. Get the last-minute presents. For Vlarg. Yeah, for, all for Vlarg. All uh-huh. for Vlarg. Thanks yeah. for the shout-out, Professor Biggs. Yeah. On Facebook. Yes. Oh, yeah. Dick yes. Hansmark, Paul. <laughs> 
mine left. Nope, too bad. It's mine. Yeah, yeah you I missed it. it. Yeah, you did. You can never rub a win. Yeah. Yeah.